There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. Uh, we are still quarantined. The NBA season has uh, no return date in sight. And so we've turned to a special guest, Iman, to talk about a very special person, Kyle Lowry. Hello. How I'm you doing? excited. How's quarantine for you? This is like the, the icebreaker for everybody. Like, what's your routine like? It's good. I still have to work. Uh, I'm not leaving my house from work. I get to work from home. I'm very fortunate for that. So waking up every morning, getting to work, not like just doing it in pajamas and it turning off my laptop and that being the end of my day. So <laughs> is, is, it, is that a lot of what a writer's job is? Do you just work from home a lot? I was going to say, this is not that much different for me. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to like Scotiabank anymore, but no. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Working from home all the time is weird. Like I felt yeah. like throughout the weekend and stuff, it was like hard to differentiate that it was like a weekend versus like a workday. But ultimately speaking, we're pretty fortunate. Uh, yeah. At least we have to like be indoors and be safe and stuff. So Kyle Lowry. Um, so basically my idea was that I wanted to talk about uh, some of the Raptors in a lot of depth because I feel like we don't necessarily take the time to appreciate everyone as much during the course of the season because we're focused on like game to game and trends and trades and all this other stuff. I think like now that the season has stopped, really, uh, first off, I miss these people. I miss this team so badly. And especially with Kyle, I think he has such an incredible story. So I think we could start here. You and I are both in agreement. Kyle Lowry, greatest Raptor of all time. Yes? Easily. Yeah. Um, I mean, not that we need the numbers, but numbers as they stand currently, Kyle Lowry is second in Raptors uh, all-time games played, first in assists, first in steals, third in points, first in win shares. And actually first in win shares by quite a bit, to be honest, because like, I think second is Chris Bosh. Yeah. Not a very winning team he was on. Was, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. Chris Bosh might have more win shares than the Raptors had wins back then, to be honest. Um <laughs> So yeah, he's the greatest player, greatest player in Raptors history. But I think we, uh, you know, there's like a long story of how Kyle got to get here because like, unlike a lot of superstars or whatever, like it's Kyle was never thought of uh, as that. You know, we can start at his arrival, right? Um, so he gets to Toronto via trade, first round pick to the Houston Rockets along with Gary Forbes in 2012. First off, do you have any Gary Forbes memories? None at all. Yeah. Honestly, I was looking through the notes and I was like, oh, yeah, he was a part of that deal. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's a part of one of the greatest trades in Raptors history. So, yeah. Anyway, first off, big shots to Colangelo for doing this because uh, he did not have a Colangelo lot of great. Trade. Yeah, he didn't have a lot of great moves. This is a really good one. This but I the- find I, I find that with a lot of Colangelo moves, it happened because something else failed, which is what happened here, of course. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the best Colangelo moves have been something else failing or him correcting a mistake that he made turned into something good in the end. So um, this is probably the best example of that. Yeah. And I mean, first off, the story here is is nuts because they have said 
they were going to get Lowry anyway, but I yeah. mean, clearly they weren't because they already had Jose Calderon and their original, their plan A all along was to get Steve Nash, which at the time, like I love Steve Nash, like, you know, one of the biggest reasons why I became such a big basketball fan. I love the Suns. This man was like 38 years old and the Raptors were going nowhere and they tried to give him a three-year $36 million contract, which was bigger than any other offer on the table. Um, and I've actually, you know, like obviously the Kawhi pursuit was big because they had to like really pull out all the stops. You know, they, they booked that hotel room, you know, they made the pitch, whatever, who knows what else they tried to uh, put on the table for Uncle Dennis and Kawhi to say yes to. But uh, I don't remember another free agency pitch as elaborate as this one where uh, MLSC got together some of the biggest names in basketball at the time. Uh, you know, uh, they got Jay Triano, who was the Team Canada coach when uh, Steve Nash played for Team Canada. And they even got Wayne Gretzky, among others, um, to make this, like, whole video. And that was their big pitch uh, alongside $36 million to Steve Nash was, you could be the next Wayne Gretzky, but of basketball. And Steve was like, I'm good. Yeah, he decided to play closer to his kids, which um, tends to be everyone's excuse when they go to the Lakers over the Raptors, but our wow. LA team over the Raptors. Wow. Wow. Um, but like, I, I don't know about you, but I remember, I remember like I was on Twitter, like my tweets can be pulled up. Like I, what I wanted Nash, but I didn't want Nash because I thought he was good. I was like, this man is beyond his prime. Like he's mm-hmm. on his last legs, but like, if you talk to most Raptor fans right now, they became fans during the We the North era. Right. There was like, this is prior to that. And there were no, like, it was like 10 of us. Like, we were, <laughs> it was, we had, and now there's a lot of great basketball content. Like, shout out uh-huh. to Yahoo. I'm not saying that because I'm on this right now. But like, yeah. genu- <laughs> genuinely, there's like, I mean, you guys are killing it. But uh, genuinely, there's like a lot of really great basketball content. But even still at the television and radio levels, they're just it doesn't exist like that and the internet sports writing isn't what it is today raptors republic was killing it shout outs to you again but um there really wasn't there really wasn't a lot so for me it was like this that was the biggest um free agency pitch that the raptors have have ever had and the biggest free agent they were ever gonna go get and i was like this is about relevance this is about like us having a game that like people care about this is about us having a name that people care about because like even still fans complain about christmas games and you know how many tnt games there are but at that time like that was laughable like no one even thought that that was a thing and so for me it was just like we're not gonna win we're Mm -hmm. like we're not gonna be good the thought of even like competing didn't cross my mind it was like let's just get someone to be relevant and I remember hearing, I remember hearing about Lowry. And as soon as I heard about Lowry and I remembered his like beginning, he got sick and then Dragic, they had that whole thing. But I remember wanting him. And then there were reports about the two of them together. And I think it was like Lowry's team that was like, he's not going to play backup to anybody. Like that's not the thing that's going to happen. So I don't know how real that was. Yeah, exactly. Um, And, you know, just honestly, what what the Nash thing and in terms of relevance and everything like that, like I I think the front office had the same idea. Uh, as you, as you did, which is like it's not even about winning games because like the Raptors, I think we're coming out of the season where super irrelevant. First off, they had just hired uh, Dwayne Casey uh, the year before that, and the goal was to play uh, be solid defensively. So definitely going to get thirty nine year old Steve Nash fit that bill again. Brilliant job by Colangelo. Um, but even as someone who played better defense than Calderon. <laughs> wow, actually, honestly, I might take thirty nine year old Steve Nash over whatever year old Calderon at the Calderon time. Calderon just claps. That was his defense. It's great. Yeah. He's like, help. 
um, but yeah, I mean, as part of that pitch too, MLSC even went to Nash and said, like, you know, why not retire here? This is a great retirement pad, which is just it's kind of insulting. So anyway, Steve Nash moves on, and the Raptors are like, okay, fine, he's moved on. Let's go get Kyle Lowry now. One of the very, very interesting, like this is like, you know, such a strange thing, but that pick that uh, the Raptors gave up to get Kyle Lowry that, that, that was sent to uh, Houston. Houston or Houston used that pick as part of a package to try to trade for James Harden. Um, and that pick, I think, eventually became Steven Adams. But the interesting thing is that um, because the Raptors made this trade, they did not have a first-round pick in 2013, um, the year where, uh, you know, uh, Giannis was in the draft and Masai was reportedly before that draft scouring the trade market trying to get any pick because Giannis didn't go until middle of the, 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 the draft and so theoretically there is a timeline where if you never traded Kyle Lowry and none of this ever happened the Raptors might still hold that pick it would have been even higher because they would have been worse without Lowry and uh, they might have got Giannis this is way back when but whatever so they, they make this trade for 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 Kyle but at the time you know like Kyle was not Kyle not even close like the biggest thing even then even before we talk about like talent or anything like that it's just like he was just he had a terrible reputation and this a lot of that came from his time in Houston like do you remember um just like what were your first thoughts when Kyle Lowry came here what were some of your concerns because it was not like a slam dunk by any means to be honest I mean I think one one of the things was we got saddled with Landry Fields contract um which was like another kind of chess piece that happened there like that that Lowry trade trade really kind of changed um a lot of different things but um I I wasn't too concerned with the with like the malcontent um aspect I did I like I really do remember his press conference with Landry Fields and like I think I tweeted like he doesn't want to be here like this is a man who does not want to be here Uh, I was like he is out the door the first chance he gets um, so I, I, that was my whole thing was just like, this is a great player. And like, I remember hearing really great things about him and thinking like, we don't like, I want this guy to be the point guard, but I don't think the Raptors have enough to keep him, which really kind of seemed like the case at the time. Yeah, for sure. Um, so at the time when they got him, they, there's a, there's a two year deal. He's coming off that situation in Houston where, um, so he's talked about it many times, but he was a big fan of Rick Adelman, uh, who was, Tactically speaking, a very, very smart coach, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Um, and he coached Houston, and they ran this intricate corner offense, which actually looked a lot like the Raptors' current offense right now. Um, but Adelman gets replaced by Kevin McHale, who comes in and runs more of a, I guess, a more standard offense. And I, I guess Kyle didn't like it. And, you know, Kyle it can be headstrong at times. And, you know, if Kyle didn't get his way, then he wasn't that happy. Also, you know, um, there was a point guard controversy with him and, 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 and Goran Dragic at the time. And so um, he comes to Toronto. He has a sort of, um, I guess, reputation um, is one way to put it. But, I, you know, the one thing that with Kyle that was really inspirational was that uh, after that 2012-2013 season, coming into that year where Masai Ujiri takes over as GM of the Raptors in 2013, like there was a conversation that took place many conversations that took place for Kyle Lowry, but one of them was between Masai and Kyle to sort of like really turn around his career. Um, and and do, you, do you remember, you know, do you remember that period and sort of uh, the stories yeah. that came out of that? Year? I'll say like, even with like the, the idea of like Lowry really not being Lowry before he got here and him kind of having the story of like getting drafted obviously in Memphis and then Conley taking that starting spot. 
um, then getting sick in, in Houston and, and Goron taking that starting spot. We kind of had something similar happening with Jose here where Brian Colangelo was trying to replace him as a starting point guard. And like mm-hmm. whether it was Jared Bayless or Jared Jack or whoever came, Jose just overtook them. Mm-hmm. And in Kyle's first year, that's exactly what happened before his talk with, with Masai. Kyle got hurt against OKC. I, I genuinely, like, there's very few things. I don't remember what I had for dinner last night, but I remember that first Lowry season like it was okay. yesterday. All right. I don't, like, I remember the games. I don't know why. You wore number um, three. 419 start. I remember the game. Uh, fourth game of the season, he gets hurt against OKC. And, um, and, and then Jose comes over and Jose takes over. And the Raptors went on a five game winning streak shortly after, like, in December when, when Amir did that hair thing remember that um but um but I remember being like okay well this is kind of the story this is I thought that that was going to continue and then Mm -hmm. of course Masai had that talk with him and and everything kind of changed um and uh Jose and and Ed Davis were shipped out but I really kind of just thought we were just going to see the same thing where Jose is overtaking this new guy who comes in and Lowry's watching someone else take over his starting spot yeah I mean I mean, first off, Dwayne Casey, I think he had a policy, and I'm pretty sure he kept to this policy where if you got hurt uh, you, and you came back, you don't lose your starting job because of that. Uh, that was like a real policy. that he, I think he, the year um, – remember that random year of 2017 when the Raptors signed uh, Jared Selinger and yes. he played power forward? And he got hurt in training camp, like the one where KD made his debut with the Warriors uh, and Pascal blocked him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jared Selinger got hurt. And then he, when he came back, he started too, so – um, this is a case. This is a policy. This is a policy Casey's had was just like you don't lose your starting spot when you're hurt, but it did not happen with Kyle. Nope. <laughs> Jose was with there. Kyle no, no, <laughs> Jose you, was there. <laughs> you got to start Jose Calderon. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, I mean, Colangelo trades what Jose and Ed Davis to Memphis for Rudy Gay. I mean, honestly, to me, it, it, the, the trade wasn't even that bad necessarily because like um, you know the Raptors finished that year 18 and 18 with Rudy Gay, which is not bad considering they started it so badly, but. Uh, it was just kind of a desperation move by, you know, Colangelo, who was definitely like, you know, he was about to get fired. He's about to get let go. His position is going to give it to Masai. But um, he just like made this random trade. And, and you know, for a awful second, trade. it looked – you thought it was awful? You didn't like I it? I thought it was awful. I thought it was awful. I have the receipts for anyone who's looking. I, I always thought it was awful because my whole thing was, I mean, I've never been the biggest DeMar guy. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. And my whole thing was like, do we need another volume shooter? Like, do we? I I was completely against the Rudy Gay trade, but I was like, okay, he's best friends with Lowry. Like, mm-hmm. to me, the thinking of of Rudy Gay was like, he's clutch, and he was super clutch when he oh, he was game. clutch. He was super clutch. Um, he's clutch, and um, he's best friends with Kyle Lowry, so maybe that could turn into something. But um, of course, that that didn't work out that way. Yeah. Shout out Rudy Gay for those two game winners he hit. Like. Within He's like the three, first like no? five games that he played. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I, 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 it was my sister's, nobody cares, but it was my sister's <laughs> no, birthday. I was at a restaurant and I was like, Rudy Gay's going to hit a game winner. It was close. It was close in like the fourth. I think they were playing Denver. And mm-hmm. I pulled my phone out and that's exactly what happened. So, I yeah. <laughs> no, Rudy, Rudy had, Rudy had like, like, like one solid month uh, as a Raptor. Uh, and, <laughs> but whatever. So they go into the offseason. Uh, you know, the front office change happens. At the time, you know, it was a pretty big deal because, like, it seemed like MLSC, maybe especially looking back, this was definitely a turning point. But um, MLSC brings in Tim Laiwiki, uh, and Laiwiki that year, that 2013 summer, he gets to actually make some moves. He gets Masai Ujiri, who's coming off an executive of the year in Denver, brings him here to Toronto. 
you know, Masai says we are not going to be caught in the middle, which sounds very much like he's going to blow the team up. And so, you know, Masai, you know, at least he gives the team that he had inherited. Oh yeah. Well, seriously, tank for Wiggins was a real big deal at the time and they almost did it, but um, I was calling for it. (laughs) Me too, actually. (laughs) Wiggins looked good at the time. What can we say, man? Yeah, I was like, and he's uh, Canadian. Um, anytime you could take the second best player from Kansas, you got to do it. Oh, no. He, he played with Embiid. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, so Masai gives him a chance. And that's where Masai has this conversation with Kyle. And, and I, you know, did some research on this. The quote was, quote, do you want to be a $3 million player, a $2 million player for the rest of your career and become a minimum player? Or do you not want to be a $10 million player or more? He asked. Talent says that you are the type of player or that type of player, but the attitude and the way you carry yourself says the other, you can be so much better. Masai said this to Kyle Lowry. Apparently during the same meeting, he also handed Kyle Lowry a binder and said, this is going to be you walking up to GMs in the league, begging to be a scout. Like Masai was really just like, yo, this is your future. Shape up, like literally shape up. All right. Like just, you know, take control of this team. No one will set you straight faster than an African dad. Yo, Masai was like legit. Like he did everything other than no throw the one. slipper at him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Like, and that's exactly what happened. Like, Lowry is now what a thirty million dollar a year player. So, yeah, biggest contract in, uh, I guess, the biggest annual contract in Raptors history. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of inflation or whatever, but um, that I think played a big part in um, Lowry's turnaround. But I also think yeah. that, like, you know. And this is something that's also pretty well chronicled is that Kyle had this, you know, he had this relationship with Chauncey Billups and that's very interesting because there's some parallels between their career, but um, Chauncey was always a guy that Kyle really respected. And Chauncey told him also in that same year, 2013, that quote, um, I told him, if you squander this opportunity, this is it for you. I kept telling him you're going to Toronto was like me going to Detroit. And that was my last real chance. And that was the case for him there now too. So uh, first off, just the parallels there. Uh, Chauncey goes to Detroit. Detroit uh, is a perennial Eastern Conference uh, powerhouse. They go to the playoffs. They go to the finals. They win the conference. Slightly better team, but, um, you know, one championship, stuff like that. Kyle Lowry, kind of the same deal with the Raptors. You know, it's, it's really funny how their careers worked out. Yeah. Yeah. And, Cha- and the people say Chauncey is a Hall of Famer or he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like, I think the, if the path, I mean, we could talk about Kyle's Hall of Fame candidacy later, but the, the path I is kind of the same. I don't think I'm like my take is going to be a surprise on this at all. <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so he has these two famous conversations, and you know um, that's big. But of course, there was also the Rudy Gay trade that happens late in December. Um, first off, where were you when the Rudy Gay trade happened? Because I have a very distinct memory of this. Oh, you go first. I don't think I remember. Okay, so I remember I was in university still. I was like in a you know like a like a classroom or whatever. Like, I don't know. I like to like sit in empty classrooms and do homework and stuff. A lot of space. Um, and I just remember seeing the tweet come across um, Twitter from, I, who I guess Woj was like, yeah, the Raptors have traded Rudy Gay. And I literally jumped up and like <laughs> jumped and ran out the classroom and like literally was just like yelling up and down the hallways. This was, like, <laughs> this was late at night. It was like 9 PM or whatever. So I'm like, no one was there. And I think it was also a weekend. Um, but yeah, I was just thrilled because like there was that game that I saw before that that honestly like made Houston? me want yeah the Houston game made me want to quit watching Raptors basketball. Like I've seen a lot of losses, I didn't care that they lost. But the he game. was clutching that game. Can we? Can you remember that? Oh yeah, like was- it was 
it was four quarters of garbage but the last two minutes in overtime he was clutch he shot 11 of 37 <laughs> and then afterwards he banned stat sheets from the locker room he's like no no no, no one can see that i've been shooting 11 37 listen he hit the shots that mattered i rewatched game seven against the sixers i'm not saying they were similar games mm. But Kawhi kind of had okay, an 11 wow. of 37 level stash. Wow. But he came clutch when wow. it mattered. Okay. Came clutch when it mattered. We're, we're comparing Kawhi to Rudy <laughs> I'm kidding. Gay, I'm kidding. Don't kill me. I love you, Kawhi. <laughs> um, yeah, and that was big because, like, okay, that trade happens. First off, the team is kind of, like, stunned. Like, you know, there's a great episode of Open Gym where you actually don't see Rudy because apparently Rudy's agent called him. I was like, yo, you're getting traded, so don't go on that bus. But like Aaron Gray and Quincy AC. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, this is this is a dark time Raptors history. I'm talking about Rudy oh Gay and god. Quincy AC. It's gonna get better, I promise. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna get Patrick Patterson and Grimms Vasquez. <laughs> well, they needed a bench. They I know, I love them. I love them. I'm um, kidding. But yeah, like uh, you know, they were stunned, and there was a great episode of Open Gym about this. Um, just seeing like the emotional toll it takes on players to get moved, but like. Uh, after that, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan apparently talked to each other in practice, and Lowry said to DeMar, it's on us. Either we're going to make it, or the front office will break it. Either way, we're going to make this thing work, or they're going to blow up even more. And so, um, that, was that was the, the mindset. That was the beginning. Wow, the, the, I didn't know that. There were 6 and 12. Kyle and, and DeMar apparently gathered everyone in practice and was like, yo, listen, like, this is it. We're going to try to make a push for it. And... Um, the rest of the season was fantastic. I love the 2013-14 season. Me too. Yeah. Me too. It felt like, and I that I think Open Gym is perfect and great every year, but that mm-hmm. season felt like a movie. Yes. Like rewatching yeah. that season of Open Gym back, just like the the roller coaster that the Raptors went through, right down to like literally the last second of the last shot of that of that season mm-hmm. in the playoffs, just felt like a movie. Yeah. 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 Like it was. It was honestly. It just, it was a very incredible time because, like, again, like, we cannot stress this enough. They were 6 and 12. They had just moved Rudy Gay for, like, bit pieces. Like, it's cool that, like, you know, Patrick Patterson did some things. Gregor Vasquez did some things. Chuck Hayes, you know, was adorable. That was Chuck Hayes. He had that one Memphis game that we'll, all, we'll always remember him for. Yeah, he was, his post defense was needed, you know. <laughs> uh, that's all he did, but, you know. Uh, finally, also, I got to see myself in an NBA game. I'd probably play a lot like Chuck Hayes, so um yeah like you know and john salmons i don't even want to acknowledge him <laughs> it was a painful experience to get john salmons um but like yeah the goal was to tank for wiggins like it like they wanted to like really tank and like wiggins was coming up Kyle's in that bags draft. are packed yeah and, and that's the thing kyle literally said like he, he said that like look listen this was a done deal for him too like he was um he was ready to move on uh, and it was just one of those situations where, look, you're just going to pl- try to run out the string. And, like, they – during the stretch, like, part of the reason it was so fun was they had – every single win they had, and they had 48 wins that year, so they were a really good team. But um, – Especially with the 6-12 and 12 start. Like, yeah. They finished, they finished the year – I think it was, like, a 54-win projection. Yeah, like, 42 and um, – whatever. Sorry. My, my, it's just, Something good. Something yeah. better. Like, that was literally the best – that was the winningest season in franchise history up to that point. Yep. Yeah, Which for is sure. Wild, yeah. Um, but you know, like it, it just felt like every single win was like a surprise somehow, and, and especially early on, they had that win against OKC that was super big. I think Dallas. that was in overtime. Dallas as well. That was against Monte and Dirk Nowitzki, which is a pretty good team at the time. 
It was. Yeah, that was a fun team. And like, you know, we talked about just how crazy everything would have been just with this team had they drafted Giannis. But, you know, had they like, yes, they had the pick, but then would Brian Colangelo still have been the GM if if Lowry was still here? Like, how different would that be? Would Brian Mm -hmm. Colangelo use it on Giannis? More than likely not. So like, there's a lot of things at play. But like, had that trade gone down, and it was about to go down, what would this team be? That, that that's like the, the wildest thing because like as important as Messiah is Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry's been that guy on the floor year in year out and the reason why the Raptors are as good as they've been yeah and you know the, and the, the Knicks would have been good which would have been just nasty I was gonna say that was also the weird thing because there's a lot a lot of times where 2013 is not the only time Kyle Lowry's name has come up in trade possibilities but of course that was the first time and it was the most prominent time the deal at the time it has been confirmed that it, the deal was for, for Iman Shumpert Meta World man. Peace and a first round pick from uh, the Knicks. And the only reason the Knicks turned this deal down, which first off, not a bad deal for the Knicks. Like, I know Iman Shumpert uh, at the time was kind of an exciting prospect. You know, he was doing some things defensively, was cool, hit some threes. Isn't it like a Knicks shine, though, at that point? Like, I feel like we said the same thing about like Landry Fields when he came over, and like the same yeah. thing is said about like any Knicks young player. Yeah. Knicks shine. It was it was true, but I mean I, I don't know. I mean it, Iman was he was a rookie when uh, the the Lin Sanity stuff happened. I thought he was like a decent piece of that one. And then the year after that, like they were a winning team, twenty thirteen. Yeah. So yeah. like it wasn't the worst idea. And the Knicks needed a point guard. Like the Knicks have needed a point guard forever. It wasn't necessarily clear at the time that Kyle Lowry was going to be this like future All Star, but they n- needed a point guard. Obviously, Melo. He should have been the All Star. <laughs> no, it, it should have been clear to everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, that too um so yeah like Kyle was about to go to New York for this package which I mean like again I I guess you know you got the first round pick you know whatever maybe you try to get Wiggins maybe I don't know maybe they try to get Embiid or something like it it would have been unlikely uh to get that high in the lottery but can I just say if if Masai was our GM he was not drafting Wiggins he was just going to be sure? like, I don't care, Canada, it's MB. Like, he was just going to draft – he was not going to draft Wiggins. Do you think he was going to draft Wiggins? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know, man. That's he would have just get... pissed off a whole country. <laughs> I, and then I, we would have loved him. Yeah, well, if, if, seriously, actually. I mean, honestly, like, if, if Wiggins actually played in Toronto like he always plays in Toronto, then it actually could have been okay. That's true. Because uh, he turns into Trace McGrady every time he plays us. But, um, yeah, like – even with Embiid, I don't even know, to be honest. I kind of rather have this, like, last, like, seven years of Kyle. Oh, easily. any number of years with Embiid. And easily. I like Embiid a lot. It's just, it's Kyle Lowry. Easily. Yeah. Not trading this for anything. Like, no. Yeah. So, um, that year, so Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan take over. DeMar takes, I think, a big step that year in terms of his progression as a scorer. Like, you could really rely on him to get 20 points a game. He wasn't necessarily efficient, but, like, it was still a big jump for him to sort of scale up his volume and sort of create his more offense. And you could tell he was improving as well. And Kyle, though, like Kyle went from a guy who was a fringe starter, like maybe like a, you know, like 13 points, four rebounds, six assists, like just an average stat line to a guy who like was legitimately, in terms of if you look at the plus minus, if you look at just the raw numbers, like he really took a leap that year to be an all-star contention. And this is one of those things where I remember at the time, you know, Kyle basically only has like two months where he's been really great for the team and he's playing on an all-star level. Um, and, and, you know, all-star voting came up and the Raptors are one of the top four teams in the East at the time. So someone on the Raptors had to go. 
Uh, and they ultimately picked DeMar, and I was pretty happy about it. But I honestly think that, like, Kyle, even that year, deserved it more than DeMar. And it was really disappointing when, like, Joe Johnson made it. Like, remember seven-time All-Star Joe Johnson? Oh, I was living. I'm still upset. I'm mad at DeMar. I'm mad at Joe Johnson. That was Lowry's All-Star. <laughs> it was, like, it was he, Lowry. I, I think it was Lowry's All-Star. But you know what? It's okay. I'm happy DeMar made it because he's at West now. He's, that's, that's over for him. I'm glad he got that one. Okay. All right. Well, very big. That's not shade. That. Like, that's just, he's out West now. Um, and, like, yeah, Joe Johnson's a seven-time All-Star, but, like, Larry will be next year, too. Yeah. Oh, wow. There you go. Um, Calling it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he's he's played so well. Like, it's actually kind of nuts that he's still so good. Um, so, yeah, the Raptors go to the playoffs that year, 2014. I mean, first off, what were your thoughts going into the Brooklyn series? Because I, I, I said Raptors in seven, but anytime I say Raptors in seven, I really do mean I think the other team's going to win. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I generally generally if it goes to if someone's a seven mm. and they're a fan of the team, <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not being honest. Um, I think I think I might have been like a Raptors in six. Um, oh, okay, wow. I think I might have been a Raptors in six. I think I overlooked the idea of um, experience. Yeah, like the Raptors went into it with like no guy like I think Amir Johnson was had the most experience in playoffs and he was coming off of the bench for Detroit like was there someone yeah yeah he I mean he was basically like Dewan Hernandez is now for the Raptors like if, right, DeJuan, yeah, if like, the Raptors he, went to the playoffs I mean they would have went to the playoffs like that's the level of Amir had a great game seven was it was it game yeah, seven yeah. he had a great yeah um and but um, yeah, to me, I think I just overlooked the idea of like, this is a young team and they're mm. just going to get knocked down in their first year. Yeah. I just thought the Raptors, uh, I, I, it was a toss up. Like, I knew it was a toss up, but I was being confident going into it. And I really just thought that the Raptors would win it. But you know, that's just not how Raptors playoffs go. Yeah. Um, I mean, and they look back, good for some games. Like they had well, blowouts. Yeah, yeah. They like, oh, blew yeah. them out in a game and they looked like they were going to blow them out in another game. And that yeah. didn't happen they won on the road as well like here's the thing like okay first off that nets team like they were super old they had kg they had uh, paul pierce sean livingston randomly andre blatchbrook lopez what a strange number of players um but uh and everyone but, knows i'm like a big like a paul pierce fan yeah i don't i can't <laughs> believe you're willing to admit this honestly but yeah that's I'm always like, something I've, I'm, against I'm, you. I've always been like a very big paul pierce fan and so when the raptors were not doing anything in the playoffs naturally mm. the celtics were the team that i cared about wow. winning so like kg and i know everyone's like wouldn't you have been the biggest kg fan but like i don't pay attention to the western conference i don't care about them so like it wasn't like when he was a timberwolf uh, i wasn't like oh kg but when he became a celtic because i cared about paul pierce i cared about the Celtics core. So when they moved over, including like Jason Terry, oh, uh, yeah, when they moved right. over to to Brooklyn, I legitimately like like that team, and I thought that they would be good too. So it wasn't like I was discounting them. I just genuinely thought the Raptors were better. But right, I mean the Raptors were the younger team. They came in hotter as well. But the thing is that the Nets like they had to really scrap to get into the playoffs, and then like yeah. they made this very subtle move late in the season where they started going small, and yeah. the the idea of going small at the time was like. Okay, so Brooke Lopez will play center, and then, like, Paul Pierce will play power forward. And it was, like, this is this amazing thing. They had Sean Livingston, who actually has, you know, played a part in a lot of small ball lines. That's how they were going to beat the Heat. Yeah, that was how that was supposed to be what will happen. And, yeah. uh, honestly, you know, they didn't even come close. Uh, I remember Paul Pierce saying, I'm the LeBron stopper or whatever, and it just never worked out for him. Um, but, yeah, Kyle Doesn't Lee, get that $100 from DeMar. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
who gets the hundred dollars from Demar? I mean, like, <laughs> we still uh, haven't really seen Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma. Who were the other Laker guys that blocked him from the playoffs last year? <laughs> wow. All right. Um, he was hurt. I apologize, Lonzo. Yeah. Wow. I'm happy for Lonzo. He's uh, he's actually doing okay. He fixed his jumper finally, so that's nice. Did um, he? Uh, his percentages look good this year. That's okay. You know, am I confident? Am I going to let him take a shot for me on my life on the line? Probably not. Um, but, okay, so back to Kyle Lowry. So 2014, in the playoffs, here's the thing. Um, you know, it, one of the other sort of prevailing storylines that came out was, like, you know, in addition to Kyle being a guy who uh, didn't get along with coaches, was it became this whole thing about Kyle Lowry being not good in the playoffs. And this is always a very um, – it's a point of contention. 2014, it's not fair to apply that Kyle Lowry was bad in the playoffs. Like, you look, there is – the defining moment from that playoff series was Kyle Lowry getting blocked by Paul Pierce. Uh in game seven with the chance to advance, which by the way, if, if Kyle Lowry made that shot, what, what an incredible shot it would have been. Um, yeah. Don't, but the only things I'll say is that Kyle in that I series. I got blocked by Paul Pierce. I'm sorry, you guys. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> were you happy? <laughs> what was your reaction? Were you like, yay or? Um, oh, that's the thing. Like when it comes to the Raptors, there's not even a comparison. I don't care about anyone. I literally, I, I was watching that game alone and okay. I like, I like to watch playoff games alone. I don't want anyone there. I shut the TV off and I don't think I spoke for like two hours. Like I was just like, I'm not looking at anything. I'm not talking to anyone. I was pissed. I was blocking people on Twitter. I know I was doing oh, that. Man. It was like people were laughing and I was like, nope. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing though. It's, it's not fair. Even though Kyle Lowry develops this uh, reputation for not playing well in the playoffs is like, first off, that seven game series, Kyle Lowry averages 21 points per game, five rebounds, five assists. Like he was by far the best player on the Raptors. He had to shoot a lot for the Raptors. He did so against a team that was way more experienced. They go to seven games. And on that final play, like, the Raptors literally drew that play up on the wrong side of the floor. So they lined up, and then they gave away what play they were going to run, and then they were like, oh, wait, hold on. The ball's supposed to be on the other side of the floor, so they had to flip it. They had to, like, basically make something out of nothing. And then Kyle actually splits two defenders, but for some reason, Paul Pierce is right in the lane. Yeah. Yeah. Painful memory. But anyway, look, so Kyle stays on the team. The Raptors stay together. They're like, okay, you know what? This this team's not that bad. You know, they add Lou Williams 2015. They go back to the playoffs. This is where the Kyle Lowry is bad in the playoffs actually happened because, um, you know, I cannot defend this performance. The Raptors get swept by the Wizards. And uh, Lowry, I would say, legitimately bad on both ends. He averages 12 points per game on 31% shooting that series. There's a famous clip of Bradley Beal telling Kyle Lowry, you can't F with me, you can't F with me, that honestly like keeps me up at night sometimes. I'll just wake up and remember that the Raptors are great and the Wizards are trash now. But I hate um, every single Wizard ever after that <laughs> series. Like I'm just like Garrett Temple anytime I watch him. And I'm like, Garrett Temple. <laughs> Otto Porter. Oh, oh, yo, yo, Otto, bro, the things Otto Porter did to DeMar in that series, man. Oh, my God. Of course, Paul Pierce as well, you know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, what were your what were some of your thoughts from the 2015 uh, playoffs? So that, it, to me, like it started prior to that with like DeMar DeRozan. I think to like that's a season where as someone who I don't slander DeMar, I love DeMar, but um, there have often been beef between like is DeMar the best or is Kyle mm-hmm. the best? Yeah. Um, and I think to me that was a season where DeMar's importance was really highlighted where when he got hurt against Dallas and went down and that like 
Kyle Lowry had to shoulder the brunt of like everything for the team. Mm-hmm. The team was really good. I think they started off 24 and six that year or something yeah. crazy. They were a really good team, but it clearly took a toll on Lowry. That's just not something that he's able to sustain for an entire year. Um, being an older point guard, he's kind of been an older point guard since he started with the Raptors. And um, it clearly took a toll on his body. And I think like the importance of having a high volume score was really showcased that year where it's like DeMar is very important to this team because it makes sure that Kyle Lowry has legs come playoff. Mm-hmm. And so of course he was like dealing with back injuries and all sorts of things. Yeah. That was a playoffs. I would just like to completely forget, but whenever, like I'm someone who's going to defend Lowry. I don't know if you watch like cable news, but I'm like, you know how like there's got the, 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 people on the right and the people on the left and they Mm. say whatever just to defend their side even if it's not true I'm gonna do that with Kyle Lowry so he was injured it was all injuries he shouldered too much of uh of the brunt in the regular season because DeMar got hurt and he just couldn't do it come playoffs his back yeah and that was also the year Kyle Lowry was a little chubby which I think was related to the the following year yeah he 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 looked he, he looked like a newborn baby like it was just like okay but but you know i think honestly the weight was a result of the injuries too like it wasn't necessarily a situation where kyle just let himself go or anything kyle that year and looked this up from brian windhorse who was writing on the series at the time kyle Lowry heading into game four had a back injury a hand injury a hamstring injury and a shin injury um now i don't i wouldn't say these are any excuses but like again this is just uh, clearly kyle was not his best whatever the good thing is that 2016 kyle Lowry has another like turnaround in his career and wasn't that free agency year though 2015 right he 2015 they kept him yeah Yeah, so even even with all of that the raptors still kept him so yeah and you know kyle responds well because he goes on this like huge no sorry hold on no he was a free agent in 2014 was it 2014 yeah yeah so he had already resigned he was already on that that that, that four-year 48 million dollar deal but um oh true 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 that that summer though, Kyle Lowry, obviously, you know, smarting from the playoffs, he comes back completely revamped. 2015 in the summer. I mean, first off, the Raptors made some big moves. They let Lou Williams go because he was legitimately awful in the playoffs. Uh played no defense. And they got in Corey Joseph to play back a point guard instead. They signed Damari Carroll, which I actually was thrilled about. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it was because uh Ox. you know, I, I was tired of Terrence Rouse playing small forward. I was already out on Terrence at that point. And yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for 2016, though, it was really Kyle Lowry, like just revamped his whole body. Oh, and Bismack. Yeah. Yeah. It was Masai being like, okay, we had Gravis, we had Lou, but this offensive thing is not going to work for us. We need mm-hmm. guys who play deep. That was like really the change for the Raptors being a defensive team, really. Right. We went after Corey Joseph, Damari Carroll, and Bismack Biombo, all three guys known for defense. Yeah. And also underrated, uh, Masai Ujiri also traded Gravis Vasquez to the Bucks that year to get uh, the picks that became OG Anobi and Norman Powell. Just a, this is, hey, listen, this is just a great memory, man. I'm sure the Bucks fans are thrilled about that decision. Because <laughs> <laughs> Gravis Vasquez played like 20 games for the Bucks, And, I mean, he was dealing with an ankle injury that kind of ended his career. Or, I mean, really? didn't end his career, but he just, like, didn't come back into the league after that. Uh, so it ended his career. So it ended his career, yeah. <laughs> but meanwhile, you know, OG Anobi and Norman Powell are great players who have also done things against the Bucks. so... Yeah, great trade. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Kyle Lowry really turns around that year. The Raptors win, f- uh, like, what, 56 games. I remember that year for Kyle was the start of that season. He was skinny. He came out. He was hot. Kyle Lowry's always hot to start the year, too. Like, every start, start of the season, Kyle Lowry looks like freaking, you know, uh, I remember his first Steph Curry season with here. defense. 
he was amazing. Like his yeah. first three games here, I was like, this is my favorite player I've ever seen ever. Like, yeah. I was just like, and that's Jed, yeah, Kyle, Kyle's great. Kyle was great. Yeah. And honestly, at the start of the year, you know, the, losing the weights over that, it looked like a huge turnaround. It was a huge turnaround. I remember one of the biggest games that year was the Warriors. Remember, they got off to that 24 and 0 start. Yeah. One of the times they came closest to losing was to the Raptors, twice actually to the Raptors, you know, close to losing. But Kyle Lowry versus Steph Curry, an all time battle. Now, the, the Raptors end up losing that game because Steph is so good and the Raptors were starting Louis Scola. But, <laughs> and DeMar Carroll. But Jeez, Kyle had like forty one. Did start Louis? Oh my god! For like a whole we were, year. We were doing this in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Kyle was amazing that year. That was and, that's honestly, I think, one of just the best games in Raptors history. It was such mm-hmm. a fun duel between like two guys who just were lights out, and like when both of them are on fire. I think the Raptors ended up losing by like three points. Yeah, and Steph I think was Curry. Amazing. Curry ended up scoring just three points more than Lowry. And so yep. that was literally the game. Yep. Um, and it was just, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. But, I mean, it kind of showed to me, like, you know, Kyle could really get to this, like, superstar level, right? And that game and also the game where the Raptors play against the Cavs at home in Toronto. And Kyle Lowry hits his step back over Matthew Dellavedova um to to beat the Cavs like and I think he had like 40 plus in that one as well those are the two games and that season in particular was like all right Kyle is here he's legit he lost all this weight Raptors are ready they're I think the second seed in the Eastern Conference that year and you know they go into the playoffs and you're like look this is gonna be great you know they're playing a team with see I hate those games because it made me believe (laughs) it really did I was just like no they're gonna do it like they're good (laughs) yeah I mean look listen I was not fearing the Pacers I didn't care I was like this team is very average you know Paul Pierce uh or not Paul Pierce Paul George had uh recovered from his leg injury and stuff like that but you know it just I, I I just thought the Raptors would definitely have that one and like they struggle like it was a real struggle to get through seven games Real struggle. Paul George uh, was a superstar in that series. Like, he was just. Yeah. Like, it was seen like. seen superstars, and that was that. Like, he was just. Un, there was nothing the Raptors could do. It was like. Not, not even hyperbole. It was a LeBron level performance by Paul George. He was, like, it, just so good. And the Raptors, again, they just. Time and time again, they didn't have this, like, small forward who could defend. And then they got Kawhi. And OG. Uh, but anyway, so just at the time when, you know, these, these guys didn't factor in. And so, you know, um, yeah, the Raptors really struggle. They finally get through game seven. Uh, and this is the series where it really starts to come out that Kyle Lowry is not a playoff performer. That, that narrative is pushed really heavily. Um, in that, in that, in that, I mean, honestly, like it was kind of true. Like he shot 31% against Indiana as well. And this is where you saw Kyle's name start to come up in all these lists of like, hey, here are the all-time worst field goal percentages by players in NBA history. And, like, literally, the number one was, like, Lou Williams, and the, like, number two was DeMar, and number three was Kyle, and it was like, what are we doing with this team? Um, And it continues even into that uh, Miami series where, you know, Kyle Lowry hits this, like, ridiculous buzzer beater to force overtime in game one, but they end up losing that game. And I think, like, after the game, that's the game where Kyle Lowry was, like, alone in the arena. Yeah, shooting, like, just shots at, like, 2 a.m., on the Raptors court and some media members came out because they wrote their stories. They came out, they're like, Hey, what's that noise? And then like, they heard Kyle Lowry pricking more shots. That, yeah. that, if you watch that video, Kyle Lowry misses like a fair number of his <laughs> yeah. shots too, which he is also, super sad. He had an injury then too. Was it the elbow? He had bursitis. 
Yeah. yeah, where his elbow was constantly getting drained. I was like, dude, what do you want from him? His elbow's getting drained. Of course, he wasn't making free throw. Like, to me, it was just like everyone was talking about Kyle Lowry being a playoff choker. But when he, I think he banged his elbow against Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, after that game, it might have been twice. I think it was twice against Orlando. If I'm remembering correctly, they went to England and he banged it there against the Magic or some team. Right. Wasn't it something Not- like that? That was the England trip, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. and then again in March, I think against Orlando again. If it's not Orlando, it's some team that reminds me of them. He yeah. he hurt his elbow again there, and that's when he kept having to get it drained. And I'm like, he's not making free throws in a game in March that is not relevant at all. Mm-hmm. Like to act like this is a playoff choking, like it's not. That's not what it is. He wasn't hitting his free throws in the regular season either. Yeah. So he just like in March there was just a complete drop off with his shot. And also, like, I feel like people conflate the backcourt. And because DeMar DeRozan was struggling with his shot, but Lowry was struggling with his shot more, mm-hmm. and DeMar DeRozan wasn't giving you anything else, it was just like, well, Lowry is the worst one. Like, it's just easier to point to Lowry. And I was like, no, he's actually, like, not shooting well, but doing everything else we need. He's still Lowry. That's true. Um, but here's the thing, though. Like, there's a big turnaround for him, though. Because, like, okay, first off, the injury was true. Like, it's not even like, oh, he has this, like, muscle tear. You can't really see it or whatever. You could – there's pictures of Kyle Lowry with a freaking garlic bulb on his arm, man. Like, it was, like – it was he massive. He was getting drained. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think there's still kind of, like, a scar in his elbow. You can kind of still see it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the exact point. I don't know. Maybe he had another surgery. But I, I think that's honestly, you know, related to that. But anyway – Kyle actually, you know, despite all the injuries and stuff, I think he has a big turnaround in that Miami series. Because if you look back at it, first off, Kyle Lowry game six, I'm sorry, game seven against Miami. Uh, game six too. In Toronto. And game six as well. You're right. Yeah. Game six and game seven. But he was legitimately phenomenal those two games. Game seven in particular, 35 points to just put like just the dagger in that old ass Miami Heat team that had no business even going seven games with Dwayne Wade and Hassan Whiteside. The first game seven that the Raptors played that wasn't a heartbreak. That wasn't like a, you weren't, like your heart wasn't racing throughout all of it because the Raptors had just a comfortable lead Mm -hmm. because it was clear that Lowry was the best player on the court. Yeah. And he like, he had like seven threes. It it was amazing. Um, And he even got uh, Mike Breen to say bang at one point. (laughs) You know, it was important. It was important. We took our wins. We took our wins. Listen, this is all we had to hold, cling on to at the time, okay? Um, we, we watched Bargnani for like seven years. Give us something. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. Uh, also, a little tiny tidbit for that uh, Game 7 game. That was the only time DeLon Wright played his brother, Doral Wright. They both got in at garbage time, I think. Oh, yeah, they did. It was, it was real cute. And then Doral Wright That's was out nice. of the NBA. Yeah. So, it's something. But anyway, so but here's the thing. Kyle Lowry in that Miami series, even though he started off really bad and everyone was, was shitting on him and stuff, he ends the series super strong. He averages 21, 5, 6, uh, and 2.6 steals per game in that series. He shoots 39% from three. Like, pretty from damn three. good. That's amazing. That's a great yeah. series. Yeah. And then even against the Cavs, like, he was good. Like He look, was the, good against the Cavs. Look, the Raptors, look, whatever. Game one, they come out against the Cavs. They lose by, like, 50. <laughs> The worst, like <laughs> genuinely from the bottom of my heart, the worst game I've ever watched in my life. Uh, like, like, I'm still like scarred by the idea. I was just, it looked like like me and my friends going out uh, against LeBron. Like it was just like, man. oh god. That oh, that man. I think like really early in that series, Kyrie throws a lob off the backboard to LeBron for a dunk, and I'm like, things? They, well, there's that, and also LeBron. <laughs> Driving baseline past Amari Carroll with that reverse dunk. 
And he like runs backwards while like screaming, trying to get back oh, on defense. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. So lose by fifty, not a big deal. Kyle Lowry was actually good in that series. I don't know. I don't he care was. what anyone said. I, he was I, good. I will say, okay. Obviously, the Raptors win two two of those games, and mm-hmm. like the first one, game the game four to me is one of my favorite games in, in yeah. Raptors history. Yeah. It was like that fourth quarter. As someone like, yes, defense is fun, but also like offense is fun. Mm-hmm. And just watching the Cavs, uh, Cavs just run Bro, the same play over. It was, it was like twelve straight possessions running the <laughs> <It> was, same <laughs> play. <laughs> The Raptors just couldn't do anything to stop it. But what they could do was have Damar and Kyle on the other end match mm-hmm. the offense. Yeah. And to me, it was just like seeing both of those guys. And I, I talked about this on, on Dishes. But seeing both of those guys match up with the best players and the best team in the NBA that league um, was just was so much fun to watch. Yeah. It was like, a, a, again, like an incredible performance. And also shout out to Mark. He really did step up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he stepped two. up. And then even in the last game, like game six, Kyle was Kyle was it in the third quarter. Like he made yeah. a run that genuinely made me believe the Raptors are going to come back. Like so, I was just like, wait, Kyle's doing something. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was just like I was 23 years old and like super yeah. emotional or whatever, but like my heart was exploding every single yeah. game of that playoff run. Uh, a, a lot because of Kyle. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like he was actually not that bad in this series. I'm just saying, no, like whatever. He, was, Raptors, he had a great game six. People forget, like that third quarter. Go back watch it, guys. It was yeah. legitimately Kyle versus the Cavs. And then the Cavs again. The Cavs beat the Warriors that year, so I, I don't want. I, there's no shame in the Raptors losing these six games. Whatever they lost by 100 points, but like <laughs> Kyle Lowry averaged 24 and five in that series. He shot 47. percent Like he was good. That's amazing. He was really good. Whatever they lost. What do you, what do you want? Kyle Lowry to beat LeBron and Kyrie? Like what do you want? You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that didn't really work out. And then, you know, after that, honestly, like, it's kind of weird to even really think about Kyle as a guy who was, like, a bad playoff performer because it just never happened again. Like, 2017, he was yeah. legitimately good. He had a really bad game one against the, um, the Bucks, And sometimes Kyle has really low lows. He had but... two terrible series. Like, real, uh, yeah, the Bucks wasn't great. DeMar was, was good in that series, right? DeMar was good in that series. Shout out to that one dunk he had at the end in game, Ooh, uh, yeah. game six. When it came down. The Raptors blew, like, a giant Tough. lead or something. Yeah. They, they blew, like, a 27-point lead or something? Yeah, like, I was celebrating, and I was like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, unlike Giannis, uh, DeMar can actually close the game. Um, <laughs> wait, if I remember correctly, Giannis had, like, I think – the the Bucks needed a three, and Giannis had a three, and decided to go for the two because he was just like not making that. Like, do you remember that? Like, I'm pretty, I'm gonna try to find the clip and, and post it on Twitter. Okay, no, I don't remember that, but that's... I like I remember the Bucks needing a three, and Giannis had a like wide open three and decided to put the ball on the floor. And it was just probably like, a smarter okay. play. He probably honestly an and one is probably the only no, way to because they points. needed the three. <laughs> <laughs> it I was remember, not the smarter play. <laughs> all I remember was Jason Terry was just killing the Raptors in that in that game seven in game game six, and I was like, "Yo, this is like forty year old Jason Terry. He's basically an assistant coach. This would be like if Jamal <laughs> McGlure came off the floor and put up like a double double." And I was like, "What's going on?" Um, yeah, so twenty seventeen, Kyle was not that bad. Twenty eighteen, Kyle are legitimately very good against Washington. All right, like he outplays John Wall. I mean, John Wall, whatever, he was hurt. Uh, he, comes, he comes back, you know, right before the, the playoffs start. Well, whatever, Kyle Lowry legitimately outplays John Wall. John Wall's a good player. And he has to guard Bradley Beal as well. Like, Kyle was really good in that Wizards series. And then even against the Cavs, like, yo, this wasn't Kyle's fault, man. Like, Kyle was actually the only one, again, third quarter against the Cavaliers in game three, making this huge push. 
And whatever, LeBron hits his like nutty shot at the end, and that's all I remember. Is this the OG and Lowry series? Yeah. Yeah. Kyle was good in that series too. Kyle was really good in that series. Yeah. It was not on Kyle. It was not on OG. It was on everybody. I mean, his name starts with a J, but we're not gonna say it. Wow. Wow. Tipping. Yeah. What what were your What were your thoughts uh, watching Game One? (laughs) It like. I get very nervous about Raptor games. Like I, I just get incredibly nervous and it felt like, it felt like a stutter. Just like, you know, like you want to get something out, but it just won't like, that's how the tip-ins mm-hmm. felt. We're just like, why can't it just go down? Like what is happening? Yo. And JV's money. Like JV's actually a great finisher. He's got great touch. This is not like biz. This is not biz. Yeah. yeah this like, is not biz. <laughs> JV's good. Um, yeah. Incredibly. And then after game. that, it was just like, well, this is the, like, I just felt no hope. <laughs> just like, yeah. No, but it's interesting. The context matters here because, like, everyone thinks back. It's like, oh, LeBron versus the Raptors. Like, of course they lost. But, like, the, the Cavs needed seven games to get past Bojan Bogdanovic's uh, Pacers. Uh, Why did Le- it? doesn't belong to Depot. <laughs> no, Bo- <laughs> Bojan, was, Bojan was amazing in that series. Depot had some moments. <laughs> Old Depot had some moments. But I remember people watching that game and people were like, I don't care. The Raptors are number one seed. We're we're really good. We're gonna beat this Cavs team. We, you know, like I don't care if it's Indiana or LeBron. Like it doesn't matter to me. I'll we'll we'll beat anybody. And I'm like, no, no, no. We I'm praying it's Indiana. Please, Indiana, come through. LeBron comes through, and then yeah, um, that series. But honestly, Kyle was not that bad in that series. No, uh, he was good. Uh, it was again. It was just unfortunately, Demar gets um, you know just basically played out of relevance in that playoff context. Like there was so much three point shooting happening, uh, he couldn't really get enough scoring. I mean, like and then, you know, he gets benched in game three. They make the comeback. They fall short. And then game four, he gets ejected for hitting Jordan Clarkson. So, like, it, literally the last two games he's played as a Raptors, yeah. as a Raptor, has just had him kicked out before the game ended. Yeah, that and that's, like, super sad to me, to be honest, because DeMar yeah. deserved a better exit than, than that. But, you know, uh, again, I, I don't put this that on Cavs. I really was don't. not good. Like, they were, like, I've been seeing tweets. I don't know if you've seen it, but, like, oh, if the Cavs, there was someone who said if the Cavs, were still there like last year when the Raptors were going, the Raptors would have lost to them again. What? I was like, the Cavs no. needed seven games. No, 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 no. Seven no. games to beat anyone who was not the no. Raptors that year. Wow. <laughs> like, okay, that's a wild assertion. That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. People are crazy. Um so this is this so this is 2018 Kyle Lowry's, you know, whatever. I think at this point the the reputation for Kyle is just what it is. Like people are like, look, he's been a positive factor in the playoffs, but um you know, people. The oh, there's also just a, a lot of people that shit on him. Yeah, that's that's yeah. just what it is. And so, really, 2019 was like the big turning point because even though I thought in, in terms of just his performance, Kyle, his numbers aren't as high. He only averaged 15 points per game last year in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, comes out with that zero against Orlando, which still seems hilarious. Plus 11. He was a plus 11, a team a team high plus 11. <laughs> <laughs> You always got to go to plus minus to, to defend the loss to the Wizards. You got to find with you. You got to find the angles. Um, and that's why we have you on because, you know, not a lot of people will bring him. He was plus 11. <laughs> he had seven screen assists. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. He had half a Gobert double-double. Get one Gobert. I think he's actually okay now, so we can go back to making fun of Rudy. Um, but, yeah, Kyle Lowry, you only averaged 15 points per game. But this is the thing. He's the third option. And um, – you know, he has to really settle into this role. 
And honestly, like, it, it's funny now that, like, the, the reputation is really flipped because I think really it boils down to one thing. I mean, obviously, they win the championship, but it really boils down to game six, right? We can skip all the other moments. Like, Kyle had a lot of great moments throughout the playoffs, but it boiled down to game six on the road against Golden State. Kyle Lowry comes out, scores at 11 straight points. And the Raptors take that energy. They propel it throughout the entire game. And, um, you know, it wasn't Kyle necessarily making a lot of plays in the fourth quarter. It was a lot more Fred Van Vliet. And, of course, you know, Pascal makes a layup at the end there. And Kawhi wins that, you know. Well, I guess he he doesn't really win the loose ball. But, I mean, Draymond, he ties up Draymond. Draymond calls, you know, commits attack, whatever. But, um, yeah, I think Kyle Lowry, 26 points, what, seven rebounds, uh, 11 assists. 12 assists. Don't want to short Kyle. Yeah. yeah. I like I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast because someone told me to, and he talked about that being like, and you know, say what you want about his podcast. He like kind of dictates what he says kind of dictates a lot of, or at least what he's saying, you know, that a lot of other people are saying it dictates mm-hmm. a lot of like the NBA talk the discourse that happens. And he talked about that game changing his entire legacy, like changing yes. Lowry's legacy and that being the defining moment. And we can talk about the Wizards series kind of being the talk, despite everything that Lowry's done in the playoffs, he wasn't able to shake the Wizards series. Mm-hmm. Well, that game six did it. Like that is the final, like having the ring is that Trump moment. It is the thing that beats out everything else. It's the game that erases all the talk about his playoff failures prior to that. Yeah, and I, I'm so happy you got to have that moment because right before that, the last gasp of Kyle Lowry as a bad playoff performer was Kyle Lowry at the end of game five. The Raptors run a play. They're down, I think they're down one. I forget what the final score was, but they're down in game five. Uh, they had the final possession. They run the play. Kawhi, the play was supposed to be, um, obviously Kawhi, take the shot if you see a shot, but um, Kyle Lowry was supposed to be spotted up in the corner with Marcus All screening Draymond as a pin down to get Kyle open. And Kawhi swings the ball over, and somehow Draymond gets a fingertip on the ball to block it. And Draymond avoids Mark's screen, which is not easy. Mark sets pretty big screens. Um, but just imagine, like, first off, if Kyle Lowry hit that game five game winner, like, if we're talking about, like, a end-the-series type of dagger. I don't think – I mean, like, basically, other than MJ, like, how many other – the greatest shot in yeah. NBA history at that point. Like, it'd be, it'd be amazing. It, it yeah, like outside of the MJ winner, like what? what is there? The shot. Literally, it's called the shot. Yeah, it, yeah, it would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. It would have, but I think game, game six needed to happen. And he, he like dispelled everything that happened prior to that. But yeah, mm-hmm. he, he had the chance. And very similar to like, when he, the, we talked about like the first playoff game that the or the first playoff series the Raptors had, and Paul Pierce blocking his shot, and then we have Game Five, and you have Draymond Green blocking his shot. Yeah, but luckily it didn't end that way. Yeah, shout out Kyle, man. So so at this point, you know Kyle Lowry gets the playoff choker label uh, off of him, and so I, at this point, you know like Kyle can just kind of mellow out. You know everyone's kind of you know where they're at. Like if you still hate on Kyle Lowry, then people still do it. They're like, oh man, he's taking charges in an All Star game. It's like. Whatever. At this point, we can all realize that that's ridiculous. Like, he's an NBA champion. And I'm very happy that you can get to this clarity. But um, in looking back at Kyle Lowry's career, though, he's had a lot of, like, prominent relationships in which he sort of um, not necessarily defined his career, but it's just important players that have come into his life. I, I think the number one thing that has, I've, I've always found very interesting is that connection between Masai and Kyle. Because 
you know, I, I don't necessarily think it's necessarily all love because a lot of it honestly was, you know, Masai as a GM basically saying to Kyle, like, yo, sh-. first off, we already talked about this earlier, but him t- telling Kyle to shape up, telling him, do you want to be a $3 million player, a $2 million player, a minimum player, or like a double digit million player? Like what it's, it's your choice. That was a great speech, but honestly, like, you know, Masai was willing to trade Kyle in 2013. That was the Knicks saying no. That was not Masai saying no. Um, <laughs> and you know, this is it's just kind of it's just kind of uh, an awkward situation because you know, 2019 uh, after the Demar trade that got really awkward for Masai and Kyle too because you know if you remember the reports at the time, Larry was dodging calls and you know texts from team you know officials, uh, including Masai as well. And there was that interview that remember the ESPN came to Toronto for an All Access game, Raptors Bucks, December 5th. And they sat down with Kyle and Rachel Nichols, you know, uh, she's very good at these interviews where she gets players to say, you know, uh, sassy things. But Kyle, you know, said like, yo, Masai is the G- he's the president. I'm the player. That- that's the relationship. And it got real awkward, you know. Hasn't he said something similar about Casey? Like he's the coach, I'm the player. Like yeah. that's very <laughs> much like Kyle talk for I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, Kyle's quote on Dwayne Casey was, if he's the coach, then I'm a player. Okay. Yikes. <laughs> I don't know what that means, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this Masai thing is all, I was just, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because I think it has a happy ending and that's why I think it's interesting to me. But, you know, uh, throughout the journey, I, I, that same ESPN, you know, all acts to sit down. So they get this quote out of Kyle. Then, of course, they go talk to Masai and they ask Masai about his comment about like, hey, you know, Kyle said this about you. Like, are is things okay between you two? And Masai being as straight up as he is, he's just like, Quote, Kyle Lowry's always mad at me every year. He's always <laughs> mad at me. It's been like that with Kyle since I came here. I don't know how Kyle is. I love him to death. He plays basketball the right way. He gives it his all. I'm used to it. And I know he has a good heart. And I know I haven't done anything wrong to him. I didn't even trade him. So. <laughs> didn't even trade you. <laughs> shout out to Cyber being that much of a savage. It's just being like, yo, listen. <laughs> I'm still your boss, okay? <laughs> like, you're damn right I'm the president. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, and, of course, this has a happy ending because, like, at the end of it all, you know, game six, um, they win the championship and everyone is celebrating. And, of course, this is the uh, the super unfortunate part of it is that Masai gets profiled on his way. Literally winning the championship, Masai Jr. gets profiled by this cop who turns out to be this, like, huge scammer and things like that. And it's uh, the criminal charges have already been dismissed. Um but yeah, he gets held up, and there's like apparently a shoving match between these uh, between Masai and this cop. And of all people, it's Kyle Lowry who spots Masai in the crowd, goes over, grabs him, and brings him onto the floor. And obviously, it's a traumatic moment for Masai, and it's super unfortunate it's, that it happened to him. Um, but for Kyle Lowry being the one looking out for Masai at that point and bringing him in is, I, I I don't know. It's just it's Kyle Lowry, you know, like he's considerate. Uh, who who would even think about that? You won the NBA championship. You should be. Just thinking about yourself and how much good things happen to you and but like, how's, you know, Kyle Lowry. He, yeah, he, he did that when, when Kawhi hit the shot. Like, he made sure to go after the ball to get it yeah. to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he, I think he did that for an OG game as well. Like, I think when, mm-hmm. OG, was it Siakam's uh, season, like, career high? Was it OG? Like, he, I don't know. But he just, like, continuously does that where he keeps in mind, like, this is a monumental moment for this person and I want to mm-hmm. make sure it's special for them as well. And... Yeah, like I remember a pod that he did 
after winning it where he said he responded to every single text message he received uh of like someone congratulating him and i'm like this is the most thoughtful thing. like i don't like, i was, yeah. don't think i would have even like i would just be like thanks like group i don't even know but like he's just clearly a very thoughtful person better than yeah. i am yeah and like you know it, it's uh, the messiah and kyle angle is I don't know. It's just, uh, it's interesting. I think it's, it really just speaks to their personalities, right? Like Messiah is a very competitive guy. Messiah is very Kyle esque I think in a way, you know, like he's willing to come in, he's willing to, you know, be in your face. He's willing to be the underdog. He's willing to make whatever moves. And he's the guy who just like driven the win. And I think, you know, that's probably what ultimately kept these two together. Cause there's honestly a lot of, a lot of forces that could have pushed them apart. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm so glad they were able to win together. Cause those are literally like the two greatest Mm-hmm. anythings in franchise history and they were able to put it together and win win here yeah thanks brian colangelo for bringing thanks. both of them to us i was gonna say yeah you know this is brian colangelo's team after all yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when i do the messiah pod that's that's giving the narrative i really kill do we have do we have a european on our team yeah mark baby oh yeah okay yeah, yeah this is brian colangelo's yeah, yeah. team what are you, a spanish player at go. that we glowed up, man. We went from Jose <laughs> called, we went from Maurizio Garadini or to to Jose to to this. I should know Jorge Garbajosa as well. Shout out Jorge. I like. That. Oh, shout out to Jorge. Yes, it's a damn greatest shame. story number fifteen. Greatest story number fifteen. Um, you Jorge know, Garbajosa. Amir Johnson gets a lot of love there. I think. Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah, that's he had true. a longevity. Yeah. Amir's my favorite. Yeah, that's yeah. that's fair. Anthony Bennett. No. I'm not giving you that. <laughs> Remember when the Raptors had Anthony Bennett and he was wearing number 15? Disrespectful. Yo, seriously, retire Vince's jersey already, man. This is, we can't have this happen. Disrespectful. Just like Quincy Acey coming in and wearing number four. Like, that's just not fair. Yeah, yeah. Like, like what? <laughs> I forgot about that. Wow. Damn. We just can't be doing these things. Yeah, you're right. We gotta just. Anyway. Gotta retire 15 for Amir Johnson, once and for all. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's, you know, the franchise leader in win shares for 48 minutes um is he? he's, he's not no but he just, that was always <laughs> I one believe the, that right away i'm like yep <laughs> one of the stats he was always good at um obviously the other relationship that really defines a lot of you know kyle's career switching with the raptors is him and demar um i, I mean i think this story has also been told a couple of times but at first you know when they became when they became teammates like it's not like they were friends from the start like apparently they barely even spoke that first season together um and you know to go from that to becoming best friends where you know, like Damar even said, like he's, he said, I think during this like recent IG call with Serge, he's like, yo, I, I call Kyle like five times on his birthday. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like they're like legit best friends. Like, well, what are some of your favorite like uh, Damar and Kyle like memories? Because there's so many to pick from, obviously. There's so many. There's like one where you just hear, Damar's laugh is the best thing. So anytime yeah. you can just get a Damar just like cackle in a video, it's great. Um, of course, like the math thing, you know, USC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was always good. Um, I don't, there's, there's so like any of the videos that they did. Like, I think the Raptors were really good, and like Raptors, like PR staff was really good at getting both of them in videos together. Yeah, because yeah. it was always just gold. Do you have any at the top of your head? So many. Um, Kyle Lowry on Cabby presents drawing himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen it already, that one is amazing. <laughs> So it's an incredible <laughs> self portrait. If you told me Carter did that or like Cameron, I'd be like, seems a little young for them. <laughs> like, yeah, like, wow. You sure? A lot of potential here. Um, that, I think, that interview that you're talking about where, you know, DeMar's laughing a lot, but Kyle decides to crash 
Damar's, uh, I think, shoot-around scrum where he's sitting yeah, courtside. Yeah, it seemed like, yeah. He brings, like, a glass bottle like this, and he just, like, uses, pretends it's a mic. And then, That's uh, and then, yeah, they have this exchange where, you know, uh, you know, something like uh, Demarza is like, yo, at least I can get my shot off. And then Kyle's like, yeah, after 47 pump fakes. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. That was good. That was good. Also, like, is it Ford? Is it Ford who the Raptors partner with where they do, mm-hmm. like, those in the car things? Yeah, yeah. Those are always good with the two of them. Those are always funny on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's always – I found it to be very weird. They, they play weird games, like – can you throw a steering wheel into a basketball net? But look, it, it worked. The content worked. I don't know what to <laughs> it's say. It's great content. Yeah. Like if you're if you're in quarantine and you're bored, you should go check those videos out. Yeah, seriously. There's lots. There's like huge like compilations of these two being friends. And yeah. Like, it's real adorable. Like you know they go. You know. You know the one thing I wish that Kyle and Demar had was like um, a huge like playoff moment together. Yeah. Um, it always felt like one or the other was going. You know, yeah. what I mean? and that's um, why that Cavs game four kind of just felt like, yeah, oh, we have both yeah. of them on, you know, but that yeah, was a yeah. game. They didn't win the series, you know, exactly. Exactly. They got they didn't have to really celebrate together. The only time they really yeah. got to celebrate together was in the uh, Rio 2016 Olympics, where because mm-hmm. a lot of these players dropped out, Kyle made the team and DeMar made the team more so for DeMar than for Kyle. I think Kyle was going to make the team regardless. Um, you know, I think Gordon Hayward, a whole bunch of Fords dropped out Harden. So, like, okay, so DeMar goes along with Harrison Barnes randomly. What was going on? Why did, why did Team USA bring Harrison Barnes? What a strange team. Yeah. And, and that was the summer where I'm pretty sure it was, like, 2016. So, that was the year Harrison Barnes sh- shoots, like, like, he bricks, like, 30 straight shots for the Warriors that year when they were trying they lost the Cavs in the playoffs but so they went from playing with Terrence Ross in the regular season to Harrison Barnes in the summer yeah it's it's unfortunate you know (laughs) Kawhi was a blessing in that front um but yeah I mean like they got to win a gold medal together that was really awesome you know they it's obviously a big uh, achievement for them Kyle was actually a pretty prominent player for that team too it was like Kyrie I think was a starter um but Kyrie was sort of hit or miss and sometimes when he wasn't scoring like it just like the effect wasn't there so Kyle was like and that circumstance, a perfect backup point guard because he was going to come in, make plays, actually pass the ball. You know what I mean? Not a lot of, like, superstars are passing the ball in that setting. So yeah. that was actually really important in the uh, in the, in the in Team USA winning the gold medal together. But Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the trade happens. And, you know, it was real awkward, too, because that was probably the time where Kyle was maybe most at odds with the franchise. Um, But I, I, in looking back, I think it was really just a sign of loyalty. You know what I mean? Like, Imagine if at your workplace, like, you know, one of your, 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 literally your best friend gets laid off for not a good reason. Like you'd be pretty pissed at the company. Yeah. 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 And not like, yeah. Someone who has dedicated everything to the franchise, like someone yeah. who has got loyalty tatted on his hand, someone who like Lowry was the best player on the Raptors and, but, but DeMar DeRozan was the Raptors. Right, yes. like he was yeah. not just like the face of the team, but he wore that. Whereas like Lowry mm-hmm. was just like, "You're the coach, I'm the player. You're the president." I'm like, he just like yeah, literally yeah, yeah. was like, "I'm clocking in, I'm clocking out." Yeah. Whereas like for Demar Derozan, this team meant so much to him, mm-hmm. and I think like the significance of that was not lost on Lowry. So seeing you know Demar being hurt by that, especially because you get to see how hurt your friend is by it, of course that would make anyone upset. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, honestly, like, they, they get over it, you know what I mean? They get over it. And that's one of those things where, for Kyle and Masai, going back to that relationship, like, 
there was that uh, famous sit down in 2019 last year, like before the trade deadline, you know, uh, Masai sits down with Kyle and they're like, look, let's just hash things out, man. Like it's been frosty between us. Like, you know, like we're all in to win the championship. We're about to go trade for Marcus Gasol to complete this puzzle. Uh, we have Kawhi Leonard. He, he's probably only going to be here for one year. Like, let's try to make the best of it. And the two of them have like a real sit down and have a talk. And that's really where I think, you know, really the hatchet was buried between um, any hurt feelings from the DeMar trade and stuff like that. So Yeah. Because I think even as like the star of the team, to mm-hmm. also kind of feel blindsided by it as well, to feel like, there you you feel like there is more of that distance where it's like I'm the player you're the yada yada and I think like calling him in and having that conversation is something that would have eased it for anyone where you want to kind of feel like I'm the star of this team let me let me be in the know of these things Mm -hmm. yeah and also like you know there was I mean whatever it's 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 hard going back to that DeMar trade but like yeah me too I wish like we couldn't like I wish we didn't have to trade him but unfortunately yeah, and you know everything worked out. Everyone's okay with it now. Like apparently, uh, th- and this just speaks to how good of a person Demar is. Like apparently last year, um, you know, Demar walked into the locker room and gave Masai a big hug from behind. Oh my god, I'm gonna you know cry! I mean? And it's just one of those like you know like is there, you know it's just it's whatever it happened and you know but uh, he was just, just on Siakam's live yesterday. Yeah, and yeah, you know, shout, shout out, shout out! You know, Demar was like. He he said Kyle Lowry's the greatest you know Raptor of all time. Period. He said uh, he had he picked Pascal for most improved player. You know, like he 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 keeps in touch with all the guys. So just a great Love dude. Demar. Yeah. yeah. We had Demar, so Kawhi could uh, hit the shot. Um, Love a championship more. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Well, it is what it is, you know. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's 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 Kyle Lowry, and really, you know, the only other things I really want to focus on um were just sort of like you know his style of play i feel like something this is where with kyle where you just don't see a lot of star players that excel at doing the little things and that's what makes them a star player and that's very much where kyle is you know what i mean like do, do you remember another star player who makes a star level impact um that has a game that is quote-unquote as ugly as kyle's i think it's different because of like the size difference but i think like just the, the the hardness with which like a Jimmy Butler plays mm-hmm. or just like because Chris Paul is both undersized and like needs every sort of extra advantage mm-hmm. um the the smarts with which a Chris Paul plays I think is like similar to to what Lowry brings also they um, both have this like f- like maniacal competitiveness yeah like they'll, they'll, they'll do things like crawl under George Hill's legs for a foul <laughs> nutmeg you with your like your own body like what is that at that point after the game apparently kyle was still complaining like yo i, I don't i don't know a rule that says i can't do that <laughs> I don't know, what's wrong with you <laughs> uh, oh god um uh, how do people god. not love the, that man <laughs> that, that was hilarious man <laughs> george hill was just like bro i'm just standing here like why'd you do this to me <laughs> so good um yeah yeah, you're right, though. There's just, like, you know, like, it's it's just, like, a really physical dude, and, like, he just he just really wants to win, and he's really smart. He makes so many great plays, and, you know, I mean, Kyle has said it himself, you know what I mean? Like, he said this multiple times where 
you know, quote, why not just go out there and play your butt off every night? Just give it your all. You can't worry if you look cool playing basketball. A cool basketball player is a garbage basketball player. Tony Parker ain't cool. Uh, and or the most smoothest guy. Tony gets it done. Tim Duncan ain't. Mono Ginobili's pretty cool. But he plays as hard as hell by being cool. Uh, he, he ain't cool on purpose. He just got a cool game. So Mono's super cool. Mono like, is super that cool. Sounds yeah. like something, that sounds like something Jimmy Butler would say. Yeah, it is. Like, it, it's very much cut from, like, the same cloth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I mean, I, you, you know, if if Kyler doesn't end up getting into the Hall of Fame, and this is something where, you know, we can talk about as well, but it's probably just going to be that he, his game doesn't look that good. Because he took these numbers and you take his uh, resume, which has an All-NBA team on it, has a gold Should have multiple All-NBA teams on it. Honestly, I think he should win 13 All-NBA this year. He's yeah. been that good. Yeah, I think so too. Um. So, like, multiple, like, I mean, hopefully multiple, but we'll see. I'd say it's 50 50 this year. Um, like, you know, yeah, that, that, that player X would be a Hall of Famer, but uh, I think it's just honestly because Kyle Irie's game is like taking charges and taking transition pull up threes and like um, getting you know, his, his shoulder past the guy and drawing a foul on his way to the rim. <laughs> And like making hit ahead passes, like people are like, "All right, this is not an all star." We're describing <laughs> a, a, a good Marcus Smart game, you know what I mean? Like, but look, Kyle Lowry's impacted winning. You know, that's my call, Hall of Fame case. Is Kyle Lowry's impacted winning at the high at the highest level? Like, I I think the way that I see it is the Raptors have been the winningest team in the Eastern Conference in the last seven years, mm-hmm. and to not think that the like if you had taken the any team in the west or any other team in the east if it wasn't the raptors you would say oh they've been the best team in the last mm. 7 years or had the best record in the last 7 years their best player is without a doubt a superstar or like without a doubt yeah. a, 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 an all nba you know hall of fame level player if he was able to sustain that for that long win a championship win a gold medal make six possibly more i'm hoping for all stars um that that to me is a hall of fame career and it feels like the raptors are not going to get that because although you know hate for the playoffs and like you know went to lowry and blame for the playoffs i should say went to lowry success for the team did not go to him for whatever reason in the regular season yeah and that and that's super awkward. I don't know why that is. I I don't know why there's an agenda. Because his game, I, it really it really is a style of game. Like Demar Derozan, I know that like analytics, Twitter, the idea of a Demar Derozan type of game is not um is not what people like, and it might not be aesthetically pleasing in that way. But Demar Derozan is aesthetically pleasing to watch when he's on the amount like the shots that he hits, the level of difficulty, and just being a high volume scorer and seeing. This is the 20 points per game guy versus this is the 16 points per game guy. Well, then who's the best player is how I think most people look at it. And unfortunately, that's not been the case with the Raptors. Yeah, that's true. But Kyle Lyra should be in the Hall of Fame. Kyle Lyra should be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Like just the success that he's had. I don't think we would look at any other stretch in NBA history where one team has without a doubt, just been at the top of their conference year Mm -hmm. in and year out for nearly a decade and said that the best player on that team outside of one year with Kawhi Leonard being the best player. Cause like, even though Siakam was the best player, I think Lowry was the most important player this year um, for the team. You're probably, okay. Um, And so, and so any other, any other stretch of basketball where you can look at a team's history and say that for them, their best player is a hall of famer. Yeah. There you go. 
Um, so to close the pod, which is, you know, I, I don't want to, to be honest, because I, I love talking about Kyle Lowry, but I, I just... Are Kyle Lowry stories? Insomnia uh, runs with Kawhi? I was going to say, yeah, let's let's just fire <laughs> off, like, Kyle Lowry stories and Kyle Lowry quotes, because there's a lot of them to get to, to be honest. You go first. Um, okay, so this is a... This is a so you know, Kyle Lowry's hard headed. You know, we all know, we all know this. Again, we're not to revisit, but he literally crawled on their man's legs. Uh, and you know, uh, he says he gets this sort of like hard headed quality from his grandmother, uh, mm-hmm. Shirley Holloway, who raised Kyle along with his mom Marie, who you see on Twitter all the time. The Shout out Marie. She's really active on Twitter. Yeah, uh, I know. I love her. Uh, but yeah, we, I mean, we have the same role on Twitter, both of us. It's just liking and retweeting Lowry love. <laughs> I'm going to do it anytime I see it. Marie's going to do it anytime she sees it. And it's great. Yeah, you guys are basically family at this point. Uh, (laughs) Larry said about his grandma, quote, about everything. Uh, You know, don't walk down the stairs like that. Don't cook grits like that. On Sundays, don't think about coming near the kitchen until she was done cleaning. Like, everybody get out of my damn way or I'm not cooking breakfast, Larry says. And you don't get breakfast uh, when she's cleaning. How I am, that's straight from my grandma. Which, like, you know, honestly, if you think about it, Kyle Larry is really like a hard-headed grandma. (laughs) <laughs> he's a super stubborn guy like sometimes doesn't listen to reason will do things that are really old school and weird and, but he just gets the I don't job think done. running under a guy's legs is old school <laughs> I don't know I think man. that's new school I think he's just ahead of the curve oh yeah yeah that's the future of the <laughs> he's NBA he's a visionary they're gonna start doing that in the future you're gonna see future of the NBA is like spud web types just like dribbling <laughs> under people's legs well no they're gonna be giants they're gonna be regular people who can like fit right under them yeah yeah um, great. Yeah, another cool Kyle Lowry story. This one I really loved. Uh, <laughs> a former teammate told Kyle Lowry he would never make more than $5 million a year. Do you know who this teammate was? I do, but uh, Jared Jeffries? Jared Jeffries, man. Bro, who is Jared Jeffries ever to tell anybody else? You can't make five million, man. Is that the most that Jared Jeffries has made? I don't know. He played for he played for the Knicks, so he probably earned a yeah. He probably money, he, he probably made some money. Didn't really honestly. Uh, I remember Jared Jeffries most from a fight that like didn't quite happen. Happen. Do you remember Which that? One? Was it the Mellow fight? Yeah. He tried to fight someone during that stretch. No, no, he was just a part of it. Like that's oh, just like my yeah. highlight of like if you say Jared Jeffries, my brain just flashes to that that one fight that happened, and that's oh. it. All I remember from that fight is Melo threw that one punch and then just like backpedaled the whole way down the floor. Like it was like a fast break in game seven of the playoffs. Like that's yeah. You recovered so fast on defense. I was like, why can't you do this all the time? (laughs) Why can't you do this regularly? Didn't Tony just showing him game film? Like this is what we want, (laughs) Melo. Um one thing I also like about Kyle is that he's always been willing to defer to other players. Yeah. You know, like he propped up Damar so much. And supported yeah. him every step of the way. Yeah, I think uh, those are my favorite Lowry memories when you were yeah. saying. I think it's just the celebration of Damar. Like, mm-hmm. anytime Damar hit a big shot, yeah, yeah, had yeah. a big dunk, like, just the joy on Lowry's face matched Damar's. Yeah. That dunk Damar had against Detroit where he ended Anthony Tolliver's life. R.I.P. And then Kyle's just, like, jumping up and down like a madman. That's not how you celebrate. That's a funeral, Lowry. Show some respect. <laughs> I was just saying, I should, died. I, I really, wa- died, I really I wanted Anthony Tolliver on the Raptors for a while. I don't know why. Because I was like, this is the closest thing to Patrick Patterson. Like, maybe we should get another one. And uh, There was a time where I wanted John Salmons on the Raptors, okay? Things happen. <laughs> he, he was good. He had some moments. <laughs> Not as a Raptor. <laughs> when he was good, God also told him, don't come to Toronto. Don't go to the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, he spurned us. I don't want him now. Like, what? Well, <laughs> 
Yo, imagine Twitter was around in like 2006 when that happened, and Woj is just like, yeah, uh, God told John Salmons not to sign a Toronto League sources tell you know Yahoo Sports at the time. Like, 13 year old <laughs> me would have had Twitter fingers for John Salmons at that time. Tell you that. Uh, I th- was AOL just blowing up? Like I don't know. Man. <laughs> a- MSN Messenger was just popping off of like yo. After Everyone was changing their status. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I hate John Salmons. <laughs> Signed in. <laughs> online but don't talk to me <laughs> um yeah, yeah but, but yeah, demar really does defer that's, that's a good, great point yeah kyle's just like he's just always been a guy who's been willing to do that you know he's not possessive about these things like like look at pascal coming up like kyle larry immediately says like you know what this is the guy we're gonna make we're gonna make him as good of a player as he can when Kawhi came obviously he's Kawhi, so it doesn't seem like that big of a deal at the time but like you know, just the Raptors had just traded DeMar DeRozan. You know, it's a painful time for Kyle Lowry. And you got this new guy coming in, Kawhi and Kyle. You know, they became good friends, but, like, at the time, they didn't know each other and stuff like that. Apparently, immediately upon arriving in Toronto, you know, they have this conversation. And Kyle tells him, like, you know what? This is your team. Like, when Leonard arrived in training camp, Lowry told him the Raptors were his team. And yeah. it was just, like, never a question of that from the jump. And, you know, Kyle Lowry even backed it up because, like, at the start of last year – if you remember, he led the league in assists for, like, the whole year until Westbrook, yeah. you know, ball-hogged his way into the lead, whatever. But, um, yeah. He, Westbrook rondo did it. Um, but I think that's, like, part of why Lowry's so good is winning comes before everything. Mm-hmm. And when he came in to the Raptors, there was all this talk about him being stubborn and, like, you know, putting him – like, being a selfish player in a sense. And, like, yeah. Lowry's been the complete opposite of that, where he will – and we saw it last year with Kawhi, where if Kawhi Leonard is playing, Lowry's taking a back seat. Lowry's biggest games and best games came when Kawhi sat. And I think for a long time, a lot of us thought, can he not do it? Like, does he maybe not have legs? And this year proved, no, he does. Mm-hmm. He was just taking a back seat to Kawhi Leonard because Kyle understands his own limitations, and that's why he does everything. That's why he takes the charges that he takes. That's why he takes the two-for-ones. That's why he doesn't pick up the ball until it rolls. Like, he understands – everything is a math game and he has to make the most of every single possession. I think he understands his own physical limitations and deferring to a DeMar DeRozan, a Pascal Siakam, a Kawhi Leonard every single year, because that's, what's going to affect winning mm-hmm. in the same way that like taking a charge right now is going to affect winning. I think that's just the way he sees everything and that's what makes him so special. And that's the reason why the Raptors have been as good as they've been. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of my other things, favorite things about Kyle uh super nurturing guy it seems like first off i mean like you know uh he has two kids they're always around the locker rooms and stuff like that he involves them he brings them to all-star weekend and stuff like that like he's just really adorable with that you know what i mean uh shout out to him for you know just um just being a really great dad but uh, it's just like even in in other aspects of the game like how many like he really reps for villanova like he really um you know lend support to anybody who's come out of villanova villanova's had like a really big um surge of late like they've had a lot of players to en- enter the league not necessarily star players but like real solid Kyle Lowry types like Jalen Brunson or like a Dante DiVincenzo Josh, Josh Hart, Hart guy. my guy the other Josh Hart. My, my call-in host <laughs> um you know like it's just you know there's been there's been a couple of them of late that have really come in but Kyle's really definitely even Ryan Archie Diacono like it's just you know Kyle's really been a supportive guy for those guys, and Kyle also on the Raptors has been a really supportive guy. Like look at him taking Fred under his wing and just giving him so much game to the point where Fred can really accelerate his development and become a player now where he can be a starting level you know guard. 
for a playoff team, which I know you despise, but it's okay. I don't uh, despise. <laughs> I don't despise. I love Fred. Uh, he's definitely taken up under Lowry, and I can love. I love any player that's uh, of the same ilk as Kyle Lowry. I just don't think he's better than Lowry. That's, that's okay. it. No, he's not better than Larry. Not, that's, not all, yet, that's, that's all the take. And I think Norman Powell is a better starter than he is. That's it. Uh, okay, wow. wow. I, I wish we had these conversations instead of uh, talking with no basketball. Oh, man. Yeah, hopefully it's back. But yeah, everyone stay inside. Stay inside, people. Wash your hands. What did Kyle Larry say? He, he tweeted out a picture of the parade and was like, Look, this is fun, but like, don't come close to me right now. <laughs> Basically. Let's hope we can have that sometime yeah. again in the future. And the sooner you guys follow rules, the sooner we can get back to normal. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, that's that's Kyle Lowry. You don't have any more Kyle Lowry stories? Come on, man. You know? I mean, I do. Oh, I'm man, like blank. Know? I feel like I'm blanking. And as soon as this call is going to be over, I'm going to be like, this Kyle Lowry thing. Do you remember when this happened? Uh-huh. Um, I think the McDonald's run with, with DeMar. Yeah, that was thing That popped up in my yeah. head, which was always really funny. Um. I think just like him changing his body, honestly, mm. it just felt like was such a huge turn for the Raptors in a lot of ways. Um, like, I don't know. There's so many. I'm probably forgetting all of them. I can't think of one. Yeah. And it's like ridiculous because I'm just going to start. Tw- I, you know what? Follow me later. I'm probably <laughs> going to tweet every single story that I forgot right now because I'm going to be annoyed with myself. So, um, Yeah. Also, shout out for Kyle to being, like, so tough, you know what I mean? Like, the play through all these injuries is just, like – like, last year during the finals run, like, he literally – and especially that Milwaukee series, like, he yeah. was getting injections every single day before, on game day on his hand just so he can play the game. Like, remember, his thumb was really messed yeah. up. He suffered that injury game seven against the, the Sixers. He had to leave briefly, and he came back to that game. I made a whole bunch of different plays, wrestled Ben Simmons. Uh, and then, yeah, he, he, like, played the whole playoffs with just a really banged up thumb and it, it finally required surgery and stuff like that. And he won, like, I, I think, like, my, fav- my, fa- my favorite moments of Lowry are just when he just doesn't want to give up. Mm. And it's just, like, situations like that where, like, your body, like, we're yeah. all just, like, what are you doing? But he just, like, yeah. has his determination. And it comes sometimes in games where I can think of, like, a couple of Utah games. For whatever reason, it always happens against the Jazz. But he always kind of comes up big or he'll, like, have those moments. It also happened in the finals where we saw it happen in game uh, one against the Bucks, But, of course, nobody else there was, was there to pick up slack. The game six against the Cavs that we were talking about. Like, there are these moments where Lowry's just like, if you guys aren't going to do it, mm-hmm. if it, I will. And he'll go for it. And I think that's always the funnest. It's the Chloe moment. 30-point 30, 30 comeback, man. The Dallas, like, yeah. yeah. That's exactly it. Like, literally. Regardless of who you put on the court with Lowry, <laughs> it's just going to happen. You guys are bums. We're down 85 to 55 against Dwight Powell because, you know, Luka Doncic wasn't even in the game. And Kyle Lowry is like, you know what? Screw it. We're still going to win this game. Watch. I'm going to win it with Malcolm Miller and Chris Boucher right now. It's wild. That's yeah. like that's insane. And like Lowry plus bench. I think that yes. you know what? Yeah, yeah. We're I'm gonna take like I don't know how we fight for someone's Hall of Fame case, but I'm gonna write <laughs> something about Lowry plus bench, and I'm Wait, gonna be like, on. look at the scrubs <laughs> that he plays against and wins. Okay, this, this is what we're facing his Hall of Fame candidate. This on. can't be your first point <laughs> of enumeration. It's like it's how, gonna be point number one. I'm gonna be thesis, like Kyle Lowry's a Hall of Famer. Number one, he he's great with bench players. <laughs> Lowry with Greg Steamsma. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lowry with Tyler yeah. Hands, bro. <laughs> Man, Kyle. Yeah, what a what a guy, and and now we're getting to the point where you know, like, 
you know, one of the biggest things that was such a shame about the season getting, you know, delayed and potentially canceled is just like Kyle was having such a good year. This is the yeah. thing. He was age defined. Like I remember like, cause if you look at Kyle's numbers and a three season coming into this year, it was like his numbers were decreasing every single year. He was becoming more of a facilitator. Yeah, Will, can we discuss this? Cause yeah, um, ahead, I remember someone saying he was old and past his prime and oh, he mm-hmm. can't, Lowry can't get any tubes. Lowry can't get to the basket. I, re- it was I true. Like, distinctly remember hearing that. I'm joking. No, it was true. <laughs> it was true for a while. Kyle Lowry was shooting crabby levels at the rim. And then this year, he, like, suddenly went back to being, like, an efficient driver. His free throw attempts doubled. His free throw rate just going yeah. up is is so surprising. And just watching him bait rookies, I love when Lowry goes oh, up man. against a rookie. I love it. Yes. It's- and that's actually one of the things, too. It's just, like, the ultimate vet move. Because like, I've seen it happen to the Raptors so many times of just, like, a young player who's good getting punked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when he put that pass through Archie Diagono's legs or whatever to OG for the assist, and then he made that meme of him, like, with that like lemon face on the side like oh. <laughs> that's the play <laughs> do you want to do that one more time i don't know no, what no. you're talking about <laughs> yeah, producer please p- please put up that picture of this me <laughs> <laughs> yeah lowry's the best that's gonna literally i'm gonna write out lowry's lowry's argument for making the hall of fame and point one is gonna be lowry post bench okay point two is he crawled under george hill's legs uh, oh. Point point three is he he made the he, he really popularized the towel look on on NBA players. You, you, last year, was, last. sister sister Larry. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, Kyle Larry, Like last year, like every time he went to the bench, he just boom, like just yeah. sitting there like this. <laughs> he had the hide your wife, hide your kids, <laughs> like towel around his head. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So anyway, I I just you know, look, look I just wanted to appreciate Kyle, you know, because. He's done so much with his franchise. Happy birthday, his, Kyle. Yeah, honestly, happy I think... Happy belated birthday. What you were saying, like, he's been one of... Not to make this go on even longer, but he's been one of... He's just been considered old for a good chunk of his time here, where we've been talking about the decline of Lowry since probably 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 2017, I think, was the first year. Yeah, that 2016, 2017 season. And it would have been... I mean, like, look at him now. It's 2020, and mm-hmm. he's having... A great season. There's not really been a considerable drop off from that 2016 2017 season. He's yeah. probably gotten better. And then, and, and just to tie it all back together, that's the Kyle Lowry story. Like, he's overlooked, he's counted out, but he persists, he stays, he wins you games, and now he's a franchise legend. Yeah, scratch that. To end, to end this, I'm going to say Kyle Lowry's not just a Hall of Famer, mm. he's the greatest basketball player in the history of the game. <laughs> okay. We finally surpassed uh, Assad saying that Kyle is better than Steve Nash and Jason Kidd combined. What? 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 Has Steve Nash won a ring? Oh, wow. Okay. Don't. I don't wow, remember wow. Steve Nash's ring. Yeah. I don't remember Steve Nash, you know, making it past the conference finals even. So. What about what about when Steve Nash was wearing a 4XL International Clothiers <laughs> uh, shirt when he won MVP for the second time? <laughs> <laughs> why did he decide do you remember that? do you remember jason kids last year oof how old is he was he around what kyle is now like 34 Wait, he what? didn't make a shot to oh. end his like remember he was on the knicks he was on and the he knicks. didn't make a single yeah, yeah, yeah. shot yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's awkward kid was like couldn't shout out to the knicks for having him and pablo Prigioni. Like, how, old, <laughs> how old do you want your point pablo was like, older than i am as a rookie i'm old <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> So that that's that's the Kyle Lowry podcast, you know. Like uh, again, just 
Thank you, Kyle Lowry. You're the greatest Raptor of all time. Greatest when, basketball player in the history of the sport. When you retire, your, jer- your jersey's going to happen to stands. Number seven, definitely. Maybe number three. I don't know. OG, I don't think so. OG's still using it, but. You know. uh, oh, yeah, for OG. That's, yeah, yeah. that's going to happen. Um, and yeah, what do, you, what, what do you want the Kyle Lowry statue to look like? Ooh. A lot of great, lot of great things to pick from. There's so many. I like. I used to say I want it to be a Lowry and Demar moment together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mainly because Demar deserves a statue with Lowry because he's the reason he's getting a statue. Um, but outside oh of that, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh I'm kidding. God. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. Demar definitely deserves a statue. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Oh. Um, but outside of that. <laughs> Uh, I think at this point now, because Kyle has gone on to win a ring without DeMar, I think he mm-hmm. deserves his own statue. And I think it should Great. have something to do with his championship season. Uh, what about when Kyle Lowry was like hugging the hell out of the ball at the end of the game six against the Eastern Conference Finals? Against- oh, that's a good one. I also just like when he was like doing that and his like fist pump in the air. There's mm-hmm. so many. Yeah. There's Is DeMar's a dunk on Tolliver? Is it just him dunking there? That's a Ooh. good one. There's a lot of good Demar poster dunks to post pictures. Oh, Demar, I have the perfect one. Yeah, but on the line, just like draw. A line. <laughs> Yo, come on! Why did this turn into the Demar Slider podcast? <laughs> Yo, that was legit. Be so good. <laughs> uh, I swear to Mark, more threes with a foot on the line than actual threes. Like, He's know. a good three point shooter. Yeah. We just have to like, we just have oh. to put a line behind the three point line, and I guarantee you, he's shooting like forty percent from deep. Demar Derozan with a high school three point shooting line would be Steph Curry, <laughs> who could dunk. It would have been amazing. Been amazing. Yeah. Love Demar. One like honestly, second greatest Raptor of all time. I'll give him that. Yeah, maybe I don't know. No, I don't. I don't know to be honest. It, the sex number one like is definitely Kyle. Number two is hard. Number two might be Vince. Okay. Yeah, and then three might be Kawhi because he was legitimately that good. Then we get into like I think we get into like the talk about what's greatest versus best. Because mm-hmm. Kawhi won the team a championship and took them over. Yeah, it might be Kawhi, but yeah. like. DeMar's significance to a lot. Yeah, it's Kawhi. Never mind. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Great doc. Hey, look, listen. Being fourth best in all-time franchise history is, is nothing to scoff at. No. Yeah. So. DeMar's had a great career. No, DeMar's had an like, amazing a lot career. Of, a lot of talk, literally, literally, like, he's had a very good career. Yeah. There's no shame whatsoever in being behind Kyle, Vince, and Kawhi, man. Yeah. And the I only mean, reason I had... put Kawhi that high is, like, Kawhi's debatable, too, because, like, that's... Yeah. He, again, he only had one year, but, like... Kawhi was matching Michael Jordan's records in the playoffs. Like, what are we talking about here? One year of that is more important than a lot of things. For sure. I mean, DeMar's literally had KD jealous of him a couple of times already. You know, he talked about his footwork. He talked about his relationship with with Kyle. Like, Mm, when you have KD jealous of you, you're doing great, DeMar. Yeah, there you go. I love Kawhi. Man, listen, DeMar's – if you you don't love DeMar, just like – He's he's like family, you know, like not yeah. perfect, but like he's he's. I'll like I'll joke family. about Demar, but as soon as a non-Raptor fan does it, I'm ready to fight. Yeah, I'll if you, if you say anything about Chris Middleton vis-a-vis Demar Derozan, I'm fighting you. If you say I anything, genuinely, about- fi- listen, Remember? listen. Here's the thing: hmm. they talk about well, Demar, what is he in the playoffs? Chris Middleton in the conference finals, then going off in the summer and doing that for his country. Listen, oh, he should be yo, he should be yo, he should yo. be arrested for treason for treason. He should be arrested for treason. Okay? Um, that was 
disrespectful. Yeah, no, he was really struggling against like Turkey and Czech Republic and yeah, whoever else they're playing. Just like he was struggling against Norman Powell and Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Okay. Yeah, Kyle Lowry, man, stealing the ball from Chris Middleton. So I love that. I'll say I love that because done. it was exactly like it was one of my favorite We the North like moments when I think about like the team coming together mm. where I, I remember this is also on open gym. I think Amir was like at home watching it. That's why they had it on open gym where okay. Kyle steals the ball, does the exact same thing and gets it to DeMar DeRozan. The Celtics game? It. Yeah, the Celtics game. Yeah. Yeah, he picked off Marcus Smart. Um, yeah, Kyle Lowry, man. Just an incredible dude, man. How many times have I said on this podcast? I just like really appreciate this guy. Me too. Part of the reason I have a career, you know, him and Masai. I should really uh, pay a tax or something. Tim Lywicki. Shout out to Tim Lywicki. Yeah. Really turned this thing around for TFC and the Raptors. And then he just dipped for like, he was here for like two years and it was like, here's all this stuff. And then he left. I believe in magic because of him. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for the podcast. Thanks. Uh, Iman, what do you want to plug? Where can people find you and your work? Dishes What's- and Dimes. Check nice. us out. We are an all-women's podcast. There are a bunch of hosts. Um, not all of them are going to talk about DeMar DeRozan like I did. In fact, most of them hate me for talking about DeMar DeRozan the way that I just did. Um, they also love Fred Van Vliet. They'd hate me for the way that I talk about him, too. <laughs> but, um, uh, wow, yeah, okay. so it's 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 eight or nine women, depending on the day that you catch us. And we uh, love basketball and we talk about it. And we all have different opinions. So please check us out. We're rotating hosts. So every episode that you listen to, you're going to listen to a different voice and it's fun. And you've also mentioned that you're going to tweet out a bunch of Kalari stories on Twitter. So what's oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like a regular day. Um, it's at underscore nope name. That's mm. N-O-P-E-N-A-M-E. Why did you retire the last one? The last handle? Sometimes um, I can't find you because I'm like, oh, that's Boo You, but <laughs> um, yeah. So, so Boo You Whore, which is a Mean Girls quote, was my last one, and I really love it. But um, a lot of people uh, didn't. So, you know, I thought I would change it, and I don't have a name yet. Nope, name isn't my name. It's just I don't have a name. So okay. we're currently Nope name. We're workshopping. If you guys have ideas, hit me up. Yeah. I think Lowry Burner is already taken, so, you know. Yeah, and she's hilarious. Like, Shout please her, go yeah. follow her. She's so funny. Yeah. I think she has a podcast, too. She does. Are you guys going to recruit her? <laughs> we we had her on. Me, Sidra. Oh, me, Sidra, and uh, me, Sidra, had her on. It was so great. Please <laughs> oh, wow. go check that out. So there you go. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the podcast. Uh, again, as a reminder, there will be daily updates on, you know, COVID-19 as it relates to the NBA and the Raptors. So check out for, uh, for that. And also there will be weekly podcasts where I'm going to go like super in depth, basically into the people that are with the Raptors next week. I'm gonna, the focus will be Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Bleet and their rise together because they came in the same draft class. And obviously they've had a lot of stories along the way. So I'm going to have another guest to talk really in depth about Pascal and, and, and Fred, but for now, thank you, Iman for talking. Thanks and uh, yes, yeah, for, for, you know, being here at the Church of Color. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 